0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Live Live. Again, I give out the same warning I did yesterday at this time, and that is if there's young ears listening, the issues today uh, are definitely not suitable uh, for young ears. So if you can take um, uh, action yourself or... Um, listen to the program later on but if there's children with you at the moment uh, just I prefer if adults listen to it first and then decide at what age they should let their teenagers or whatever listen to it um, overnight we've received significant new information about what has been going on in a number of schools in Ireland including Brock, Black Rock College uh, Willow Park School and Rockwell College in uh, is it County Tipperary, I think Rockwell is, the, again, all run by the Holy Ghost. We submitted these questions to the Spirit and Community overnight and uh, these are the answers. We put the, It's quite detailed and the questions are quite detailed, so we put them up on the website. How many of the 77 Spirit and Community members who have had allegations made against them so far are still alive? The answer is four. For those who are alive, how many are living in Ireland, we ask, and how many live overseas? Four in Ireland, all four of them. How many of those 77 Spirit and Community members with allegations made against them taught, lived or worked in the grounds of Black Rock College? What we're talking about there is Willow Park School and Black Rock College, as it's known, the second level boarding and day school. Uh, of, of the 77 Spirit and Community members with allegations, 12 of them, uh, taught, lived, uh, or walked in the grounds of Black Rock College, so to speak. How, how many of the 777 uh, community members with allegations against them have been convicted through the courts for crimes relating to abuse? The answer is three. How many new victims, survivors have made allegations to you since last Monday's documentary on one ra- uh, was aired on RT Radio 1? And the Spiritans have said to us, in single figures as of yesterday, well, we got single figures yesterday, but we're moving beyond that now, I could tell you. In single figures as of yesterday, but expected to rise. That's what the Spiritans are telling us. Have new abusers outside of the 77 already recorded um, in their files, obviously, we don't know their names, had allegations made against them since Monday's programme aired? And they say, uh, none to our knowledge at this time. Well, we, we will have a few more in a few seconds, unfortunately. In relation to the allegations made of the abuse in the grounds of Black Rock College, what we mean by the grounds are the buildings, but it's the grounds of two separate schools in, in so far as they're separate buildings. What time frame do they span? In what year does the oldest allegation pertain to? And what is the most recent year? relating to allegations made. Most of the allegations is the answer were made in the 1960s, 70s and 80s, but a full check of the records may reveal a longer time frame. Have you any awareness of a teacher called Brother Edward Baylor, B-A-Y-L-O-R, and have any allegations been made against him? And they say, yes, Mr. Baylor, a former Christian brother, was a lay member of staff from 1974 in Willow Park in in Black Rock, in 19, from 1974 to 1986, okay? And uh, Aidan Moore is the man who brought this uh, man's name to us, uh, Edward Baylor. Uh, Aidan, and I know you're living in Kenya at the minute. Aidan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Good, thanks. And more importantly, how are you? And tell us about this man 
this new name, uh, which the Spiritans have confirmed. We'll have to go through every name we're getting at this stage to see and confirm them one by one. Um, tell us about this man, Edward Baylor. Uh, okay, Joe. Um, I'll, I'll just start back. I, I joined uh, um, Willow Park in 1974 in second form, seven-year-old. Okay. Um, in, in the academic year, 77-78, I was in fifth form, and Edward Baylor was a teacher in fifth form. He taught me uh, English and history. Okay. And, um, I mean, uh, as you notice, he was formerly brother Ignatius Baylor, yeah. and a Christian brother, although we knew him as Mr. Baylor. Yeah. Uh, he was a lay teacher as far as we were concerned. Uh, he was a, a man of short stature. Uh, he had a, a comb over, which if anybody remembers will remember it with a laugh. It was quite a comical uh, piece on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also a, a vicious and violent man. He had a reputation within the school. I mean, I was aware of him before he even got to fifth form. But only as a, you know... As a man with a, an incredible temper and could lose it at the, you know, the flip of a yeah. hat kind of thing. Um, and uh, so while in fifth form one day in class, I, I got to see the violence that he was capable of. Yeah. Uh, he absolutely pummeled a classmate of mine in a, in a fit of violence I'd never witnessed before. And I mean, just at the stage, I was absolutely in fear of this man. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's how life in class with him was. You lived in fear kind of lived in fear uh, of him even outside the classroom, although I had very little interaction with, with him outside the classroom. Until um, in the spring of 1978, uh, he said he would bring me to um, uh, Blackrock College Junior and, and Senior Cup. Okay. That's the, the rugby, the Leinster uh, schools competition. A um, little bit unusual in that I was only on the C team uh, in, in Willow Park. I wasn't on the A or B team. I wasn't a standout rugby player by any stretch. But he decided that he would take me and uh, take me alone. So he drove me to uh, a number of games in his mm-hmm. old Ford Escort. People also remember from, from that time that they were in the school. And then after games, he, he would drive me back. Um, but he drove me back to his house, right. which was on Woodlands Drive in, uh, in Stillorgan, just next to Oaklands College. Okay. Uh, I, I too lived in Stillorgan, so thinking he'd be driving me home, but no, he drove me to his house. So, in terms of abuse that took place, I do remember um, standing in his living room. It was uh, in the evening. It was dark. Or getting, I'd say getting dark. It was dusk. Okay. And um, there was no lights on in the room. Uh, the curtains were open, but there were shears on the window, so nobody could see in. But, so you could tell it. I mean, you could clearly see it was dusk time. It's just, I, I say that because it's a memory that just sticks with me ever since. So he, he came up behind me. He pressed himself against me. You know, he put his hands around the front of my trousers. Yeah. And he was touching my pride. And <clears throat> that I, I, I remember. Uh, more happened, I know. But it's still not clear to me what else actually happened in terms of his youth. And, uh, I mean, I've I just reached a point where it all goes blank. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, Joe, I was so traumatized that this memory is not from the time. Okay. It wasn't unlocked until I was in my mid-twenties, so about, you know, 14 years later. And at that point, uh, when, it, when it was triggered, and I just 
little background of how it was triggered. You know, I was having issues with depression, with anger. And uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she says, you know, there's something not right with you. Uh, and she said, I suspect it's something in your childhood that's causing you to be the way you are. You know, I, I, I have issues of depression. Uh, I, you know, yeah. anger issues. Not that I ever took anger out on anybody, but it was just all within my head. Just, I, I would just get angry over nothing. So anyway, she said... I, I I think this is something to do with your childhood. And at first I was like, I, well, I can't think of anything. I don't think it is. And then one day I arrived. I was in university at the time. I got home. And in the evening, similar type of time to when the uh, abuse had, at least the first incident of abuse happened. Uh, it was around the same time of the year. And I was just standing in the kitchen thinking, right, what am I going to have to eat? Okay. And then all, all of a sudden... It was as if uh, the abuse was actually happening. So uh, it was happening, and I couldn't stop it because it wasn't reality happening, but it was happening. So, you know, it was pretty devastating to go through that after all those years. Um, And... Now, no, I, I. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Right, and it's just that the line, the line is not the 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 greatest year in in Kenya. But um, have you come across a book called "Tell the Truth and Shame the Devil"? Have you ever yes, heard I of have. this book? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I only came across it last night, and I went looking feverishly for this man Baylor, and he yeah. features very strongly in this book, and the level of abuse. That he that he visited when he was a Christian brother in the UK. This is before he came to Blackrock. Before he came to Blackrock, um, there is at least nine young boys who say, and I'll give you another bit of information in a sec. But I think you you, you know this, the bit of information I'm going to give listeners. Uh, nine young boys who uh, were abused uh, savagely by this man. This man, and they give again in graphic detail in this book. It's it's by a man called David Nolan, who was also abused by another priest, and they give graphic details of what was happening to them. But they also say, as you just said, Aidan, they didn't. It's only later they realised the full extent of what he was doing to them. Because they were so young and they didn't, uh, they didn't realise it. By the way, they all, but they knew what he was doing to them was wrong. He was wrong. Um, but they, all, by the way, they also mentioned a number of this comb over haircut, his yellow teeth, and the smell of whiskey and uh, uh, an Irish uh, accent. Um, and again, I'm reading one paragraph. I was sexually abused by Brother Baylor, as he was then. This started not long after I got to the school. He was balding, had a comb over, yellow teeth and a slight Irish accent. He taught sports. I had an immaculate sports kit, nice press, white shorts, football. We had kit inspections and Brother Baylor would pick out the best dressed boys, detain them in a horrible changing room. I can still remember the colour of the tiles, the damp smell, everything. The rest of the lads would file out to play play football and I'd be left there with three or four others. We were being eyed up, uh, the sweet, innocent, well-dressed little boys, so we could have his evil way. And then this victim, a survivor, talks about how um, 
uh, Baylor would abuse him. But what we also know now, what we also know now, thanks to you, Aidan, and raising this man's name, uh, the Spiritans have uh, told us uh, that in July 1988, uh, Edward Baylor uh, pleaded guilty of child abuse in Dundrum Court in Dublin and was sentenced to two years in jail. And this case arose because Baylor, who was teaching in Willow Park in August 1986, was caught by Gardaí with a child in a hotel in North Dublin. He was abusing a child in a hotel in North And then that's when he, that's when he came to, to, um, to the Garda attention. Now, Aidan, do we know... Of course, you don't know. I don't know. We're asking the question again. When this paedophile Baylor, former Christian brother, who'd been on the rampage across Christian brother schools in the UK and had been caught, when he arrived in Willow Park, did they know this man's history? Yeah, Joe, you would, you would wonder. Um, I, I, I can't answer that. I mean, I... I have been told by the Spiritans that, you know, back in those days, or the Spiritans representatives, back in those days, it wasn't a requirement to do the, the checks, the safeguarding checks they do today. Um, but it, it beggars belief that nothing was known. I mean, to me, in my position, I, 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 for me, it, it just beggars belief. I, I find that very hard to believe. I mean, even, let's, let's say they didn't know when he came into the school. Yeah. How could they not have known, you know, Sexual abuse was one thing. He was also a physical abuser. Yeah. Sadly, I witnessed that. He was a psychological abuser. I know that. I've heard accounts of that. And um, he was just a horrible man. And, and you know, Joe, if I can, if I can say one thing, just which puts it into perspective for me, and maybe it'll do for you and, and the listeners. You know, I had my first sexual experience at the age of eleven yeah. with a sixty-two-year-old man. Was, was a sadistic, violent paedophile, and I hope I hope you can hear me. I know my voice. Yeah, we can it's hear. Hard to talk. Yeah. yeah. So you know that, that's that's what he did to me, and I know he did it to others. And I'll go back to this. And, uh, I'll go back to this book again to to to, to, to add to what you're what you're saying. Uh, Baylor is known to have taught in Christian Brother schools throughout the northwest of England, as well as Leeds, Edinburgh, Stoke, and Gibraltar. Uh, the detective investigating confirmed to me a four, this is before he ever landed in Willow Park, by the way, a further 11 boys have come forward all complaining of indecent assaults involving Baylor. The, uh, uh, this offending involved a significantly similar uh, modus operandi um, that I know, and you've told us the same, your contacts have told you about. But Baylor then leaves the Christian Brothers, or is told to get out of the Christian Brothers, after being shunted around, it seems, uh, Leeds, Edinburgh, Stoke and Gibraltar with, as a Christian brother. He then leaves the Christian brothers and he, he lands in Willow Park in Dublin. Now, he obviously gives hands in a CV. And I presume that he, one of the things he says, because it's referred to in one of the piece of correspondence you sent to us, that the Spiritans knew he was a former Christian brother. So why could the Spiritans not contact the Christian Brothers, they've a massive office they had at the time, they still have, not as big now, in Ireland, and say, why is this man, at this age, no longer a Christian brother? A simple question. 
And it's not as if they were, it's not as if they were hunting down the individual schools, which would, I know it's difficult in those days and no internet and all that carry on, but the Christian brothers were well known. They were set up in Ireland, were they not? A well-known congregation in Ireland. This man lands in Willow Park at this age and he says, "I well, we presume he told them because they would have said to him, where have you been for the last 40 years? Where have you been teaching? And he says, I'm teaching. I was a Christian brother in all these schools and they didn't bother to check. And the reason they say they didn't bother to check is that they had no obligation to check. Um, Baylor died, as you know, uh, Aidan, in 1992 in Dublin somewhere. Now, he got a sentence of two years, but we cannot find out if he ever served that sentence. Have you any information? No, I know he'd be a, um, uh, he's, he's not alive anymore, but... Were you given any more information? Did he ever end up in prison after his rampage across Ireland and across Ireland and the UK? Yeah, um, I, I don't have any information. Uh, okay. Some information that the Spiritans did pass on was that um, they did not know whether he had served his sentence, and they didn't know where he died. And uh, I think I think I'm correct in saying that the Christian brothers say he died in ni- sometime in 1990. There is there seems to be confusion over. When he actually died. Now I cannot, as I say, only came across this book in the last few hours. Um, it's called "A Tell the Truth, Shame the Devil." It's by a man called uh, David Nolan. Now maybe other people. Uh, I'm in the middle of a program here. Maybe other people can go through. Uh, it's it's uh, four hundred pages. The sea did the Christ the Christian brothers must have known about this man, but we need evidence to say that they, they knew about him and if they didn't know about him, why did they not um tell uh, if they if they were asked by the Holy Ghost Fathers where did this teacher come from, what's his experience, why didn't they tell them? Um now Aidan stay with us please and if you can uh, I know it's a it's a it's a difficult line, we'll try and get a better one. Uh we've been contacted by Edward Harron. Edward, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, well, when I uh, listened to Aidan there, and I, um, you know, I, uh, I know Aidan. Yeah. I've been talking to him recently uh, uh, off air and that. Great. But uh, yeah, uh, with regards to Baylor, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, my own view on it is, is that they did know. You know that that the priests would have known back then about Baylor. They would have, they knew Curry, they knew Flood, um, and I for one made them aware of it. I went to the headmaster after I was abused, and uh, I ended up in a meeting yeah. uh, with both my parents, the headmaster, and Father Curry. Okay, and Father Curry denied it. And in those days, if you said, you know, the priest's word was sacrosanct. Yeah. And I was 12 years of age. To be honest, Joe, I've never got over it. I left that office a, a, a different child. Yeah. I had been a high achiever. I had been, um, you know, on the rugby team, mm-hmm. the soccer team, captain of the soccer team. Uh, I was in the A class and I consistently achieved high results. And after reporting Curry, they made my life hell. You know, in the school, uh, the, the 
I was called a liar. My brothers were picked on. My younger brothers were picked on. You know, when a priest would meet them, it'd be, it'd be, uh, oh, you, you, you better not be a troublemaker like your your brother, mm-hmm. Edward. Uh, but I went, Joe, for a twelve-year-old child, when, when you're standing there and and you believe in everything you've been taught, you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in the Mass, you believe in. You know, all these things the priests are telling you and your parents are telling you. And then to go in there and both your parents and these priests are making me look like a liar. A child that that had never had any problems, you know. Uh, It just didn't add up. And what it did to my mind was just explosive. The only thing I can think of is, you know, that I'm thankful for is the fact that neither of my two younger brothers got got touched. And the reason they didn't, I believe now, is because of how I reacted at the time. Uh, I was, you know, I was a proud kid and I, I would have spoken my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I was honest... And I told you know, and they told me that honesty was the pol- policy. Honesty is the way to go. If you tell the truth, everything works out. You tell the truth, and what happened to me was, I was victimised. I was terrorised in school, and uh, I last I don't know. I, I I remember just kicking in the door of a sixth when I was in first year. This is two years later. Yeah. I, I kicked in the door of a sixth form prefab to beat up a priest called Father... Well, doesn't matter what his name yeah, was, but he's actually a nice man, you know? And I used to visit him in the days before I was abused in his house, and he was fine. And after I was abused, I terrorised the man. <laughs> uh, Growing up, I don't know why I did it. I just know that I did. I stole, started to steal. I went out and I became a drug addict and I ended up as a heroin addict and I ended up going into coal mine. Um, for two years I'd been given a choice by the drug squad at the time. Yeah. Uh, you can have um, two years or three years in prison or you can go and get yourself yeah. together. Yeah. Which is great. And yeah. again, that's the man from the drug squad at the time. I don't know whether he's alive or not, but he was a great man. And uh, he he was very patient with me. And I think he could see, that, you know, he could see and tell that I was just a messed up kid. And uh, I did that anyway. But I've never got over it. In, in Kilmoyne, I tried to deal with it. But the problem was, was that there was a priest running the group that I was in. And when he put his arms around me, <laughs> it just so even though I'd be beating at a pillow, uh, and the pillow was Father Curry, uh, you know, I I didn't really feel it, and it hasn't been. I never spoke to say anybody from Willow Park because I left in such bad terms. I was fighting, picking on boys all the time. I was just you know getting into fights consistently and it was actually I mean 50 years later the last chap that I had a fight with contacted me uh, about joining a group which I did do and he's in it he's a great guy seems to be a great guy altogether he's been you know at the forefront of uh, trying to 
bring this out in the open. And um, I joined, you know, I joined the group anyway. And from there, we've a lot of the stories. I wrote my own story, but there's other things even now, 50 years later. Like just, just one, a, a number of things jumped out at me nearly in every paragraph in your letter. Um, I remember Flood, this is, I'll wish it's Flood, and Corrie had me locked in a room towards the end of the abuse and I was so mad. What was what was that about, Edward? That's, that's the thing. Like, like I can't, you see, there's, like Aidan said, there's certain things that I just can't remember. I remember being in, locked in this room. Now, I, I played this back to my brother the other night and I said it to him, I said, did I ever talk about being locked in a room with the two mm. of those guys? And I said, all I can remember is I was jumping out of the way and screaming and shouting. And uh, uh, he, he said to me, yeah, you did. He said, but you said it was flood that stopped Curry at the time. So I don't, you know, that's all I, I, okay. I, can, I can tell you. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think Curry could have killed me, to be honest with you. He was such a brute. You know, he had beaten me, like, many times. And certainly the day he came down to the the desk to put his hands up my short trousers and found that I was wearing long ones that day. <laughs> you know, he you know, he threw the duster down at me. He dragged me in from, from, from the fifth form classes, which were right down one end of Willow, up to the headmaster's office and he was throwing me and kicking me and bashing me against walls the whole way up just like a little kid that had lost its its rattle or something you know he didn't get his way that day you know I ended up going home and having to tell my mother and the reason you wore the long trousers that day was because as, as you explained in your email you were on your way to school in your in your uniform your short trousers and your dad dropped you and you uh, ran into the bushes and put on a pair of long trousers to try and keep this man away from you in in school. Yeah, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. You know, I'd had a, I'd had enough. Like uh, he he was a brilliant. He used to come out to the house to dinner with Flood, and it was definitely you know uh, making me feel great and probably sussing out my family scene as well. Uh, 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 telling my parents, and now I always believe this, but it's only uh, it's only recently, Joe, that it, it, it's occurred to me that it was that they were, these were just things to make me feel special. They were going to bring over the scouts from Leeds United to watch me play because I was so good. Now, I mean, I was good, but I wasn't that good. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Say, 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 say with us before before the break, and I want you to say with us because we've other calls as well. But before the break, I want uh, both of you, Aidan and Edward, if you can, um, listen to this uh, horrific story. Unfortunately, it's from the relative of a young man who was in Rockwell College, also run by the Holy Ghost Order, and they've admitted that there are uh, incidences reported and accepted that happened in Rockwell College in Tipperary. Um, And we were contacted after she heard Stephen yesterday talk about his abuse uh, in Willow Park um, by the sister of one young man. Now, why can this young man not talk? Because, tragically, he he died by suicide. And... uh, we verified it with with the sister, with the the young man's sister, and may he rest in peace. But this is what she uh, 
wrote to us and uh, spoke to us about and it's uh, it's not her voice, obviously. Joe, I'm sick to the pit of my stomach today as I remember my dear brother who suffered terrible sexual abuse whilst a boarder at Rockwell College in the late 60s. My brother struggled after the abuse and eventually took his own life. My parents never knew what had been happening and it wasn't until he told another family member before he died that we discovered the abuse. My poor late brother was never heard or consoled before his death. Every time I drive past the gates of Rockwell, I want to drive at speed into them. I feel we as a family should have pursued those priests, but in those times priests were not answerable and were protected with silence and non-admission. My brother was the softest, kindest, dear person, and of course the ideal for evil predators who were protected by their elders. I'm sick, sick, sick to hear that he was not alone and so many other young lives have been destroyed by evil men. I'm reliving my brother's pain today. It's devastating. May all those young men find healing. And Aidan and Edward, um, you, you, can, you can hear the upset, you can hear the... The truth in yeah. what that what that woman is saying about her young brother, who can no longer uh, uh, state his case and uh, find any any form of healing. Unfortunately, we 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 love more people. Stay with us, please, Aidan, Edward, and Edward. Uh, more after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And the name Aloysius Flood came up yesterday. Um, uh, Stephen spoke about him in detail and the savagery and the abuse that he inflicted on Stephen. Um, we've had an, an, another communication. And again, Flood is mentioned, but he's mentioned as a headmaster in the school at the time. And we, we'll get to this man, we hope, tomorrow. Uh, but... It, at this stage, at this stage, uh, Flood was the headmaster. A young uh, boy went to report an abuse by another colleague in the school of Flood, and Flood brought in the dean of discipline and told him to keep quiet, not to tell anybody. And uh, little did he know that Flood uh, was himself an abuser. Um, and another communication we've got, which you can hear now, is a. Uh, is evidence that uh, Flood did not keep his uh, his sexual abuse to just young boys. He also abused um, young girls. This is a case. This has to be a case for the girl. All of these cases. I know these people, some of them are dead. Um, it has to be. A, like, I'd go back to that statement out of uh, annoyance, just to remember. I know it was a, long, a lot to take in. When we asked the Holy Ghost Fathers, how many of the 77 Spirit and Community members, what does that mean, that even a phrase? How many of these 77 abusers uh, lived or worked on the grounds of Black Rock College 12? How many of these abusers with allegations made against them and the Spiritans accept them have been convicted through the courts for crimes relating to abuse? Three. Three. Listen to this communication we got from a woman again against uh, Aloysius Flood. Hi, Joe. 
I listened to your show yesterday and I was heartbroken to hear Stephen's story. I am a female and was also a victim of Aloysius Flood. I first met him around 1981-1982 when he became a frequent visitor to our family home. Later that year my dad asked me to deliver a Christmas present to Flood. There I was met by another priest who called him down from his room. Aloysius then took me to his room where we chatted for a while. After a bit, Flood asked me to lie in his bed and he then proceeded to take off my t-shirt and suck and fondle my breasts. He told me about his wet dreams. I felt really dirty and contaminated. I was 16. After that, Flood somehow managed to become a very good friend to my parents. He managed to get himself invited to Sunday lunch at least twice a month and was even invited on holidays with our family. He continued to ask my parents if he could take me for a drive where he constantly told me he loved me, constantly groped me and told me not to tell anyone. On one of our family holidays, he was in the sea with my sister who was only eight. In the waves, he kept pulling her by the ankles into his groin. She managed to kick him where it hurt and he laughed it off. My sister told no one about this until recently. I wish I had had the strength to kick him where it hurt, just like she did. That was about Aloysius Flood. And I remind you of um, the person that Aidan Moore is talking about. Uh, uh, Edward Bailey, is it? Ed- Edward, I think it is. Yeah. Edward Bailey. Baylor, 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 B-A-Y-L-O-R. Look it up. I'm um, sorry, and I'm going through this book here during the break. Um, he pleaded guilty in 1988 in Dundrum in Dublin. Uh, this, this was after he was on the rampage a paedophilic rampage for nearly 20 years, as far as I can work out, possibly longer at this stage. But he pleaded guilty to child abuse in the court in Dundrum in Dublin uh, in 1986 after he was caught by Gardee with a child in a hotel in Sutton. Not his own child, he didn't have children. He was, he'd been, most of his life, he'd been a Christian brother in, in uh, Sutton. Edward, did you ever go back to, to Blackrock? Yeah, I went back, Joe. Um, again, I was in my 30s and I was very angry about it. But the way I was living my life, everything I did was really motivated with that anger and push. And I wanted to show that I was as good as them. So I felt at that point okay. I had got, I had my own business and it was successful. It was during the boom. And I had a new BMW. Okay. I, I went up, you know, okay. power dressed, and I thought to myself, I'll go in now and show this guy that what he did to me didn't stop me making something of myself. So, <laughs> I went up there and I was driving around Rock and these lads came across the yard and uh, they were with a priest and I asked them, did they know a Father Corey? And they said, mm. yeah, that they did. And I said, where could I find him? And I was told that he was over in Manute on his deathbed. So that was around 2003, 2004, I think. Um, and uh, I just thought to myself, well, he's going to meet his maker. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing I could do now about I go over there. He yeah, could have been yeah. semi-unconscious. I don't know, you know. Um, I would have loved to have done it, but I had lived in London for a long time. And I'd come back here and started the business. So I, uh, um, you know, uh, I don't know how I t- uh, thought of it. You know, it still hadn't gone away. 
basically, you know, I'd been to Caroline, I'd uh, been, I got married, it was still, it was still there, even though uh, most of the time you don't really know, you know, that that's what it is that's pushing you and motivating you and making you so angry. But, but it did, and it destroyed so many relationships, that anger, you know, and that, uh, it, it really, it really did. I, I, you know, I can only say that I've listened to lots of people uh, before on your show, you know, talking about this subject mm-hmm. and on various other shows, and um, I try to, you know, not feel what they're feeling because it's so painful. But I have to admit that it is, and it stays, it stays with you. You know, it's yeah. not something you can get rid of, and it will stay. You know, like yeah. I've seen psychiatrists, psychologists. I mean, that's what they tell me that you know, this is never going to go away for me. And we've heard, we've heard from that woman, Anne. Uh, about her brother who died by suicide after oh, he revealed yeah. to his own uh, sibling that he'd been abused in Rockwell. You also That's say, right. uh, Edward, during Rockwell my... Rockwell wouldn't, wouldn't let me in, <laughs> and I think it's because of that. They, they, I didn't. I only thought of that recently, that when I tried to get into Rockwell after mm. Willow and that, so yeah. they must have conversed and said, oh, no, you can't let that lad in there, <laughs> you know, because yeah. of, of the trouble I had caused over Corrie up in Willow. Yeah. You know, you say, but you say you had during my time working in addiction this is you Edward I came across two ex-rock boys yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. what they were what happened yeah. to two of them Edward well the, uh, you know uh, one, one in particular uh, particular who was say um, he was a year he was a year ahead of me or two years ahead of me in school but he was lived in my neighbourhood and uh, he was a very popular guy um, but he he became a heroin addict as well. Mm. He he had a lot of uh, trouble, but he 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 didn't talk about things. But I met him in town when I came back from England, and I saw him on a traffic light. He came up banging on the the window of the car, and he he was you know his teeth were all gone, and he was he was only young. But they were rotted from heroin, and he was staying in the Ivy Hostel at the time. So, but they found that guy dead in his bedroom in in, in one of the hostels in Dublin. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I could never, you know, I knew yeah, the guy cool. yeah. very, very, very well. And I, you know, often thought to myself that it, it, I can't think of anything else because I knew his family, you know. They were a very good family, and, and um, I just—I'm pretty sure, you know, that 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 you know, traumatic events like this in your life can lead to suicide, yeah. you know, depending on your character and. That's my but, own assessment of it, Joe. Anyway. Um, well, from what you're saying, Edward, from what Aidan is saying, from what Stephen is saying, from what Anne is saying about her brother, from that what that young woman is saying about Al- Aloysius Flood abusing her and her sister, um, and you heard that graphic description of what he tried to do to his sister when she was eight years of age after yes, her. Yes, t- yes, typical yes. paedophile Smith yes. used to do, Brendan Smith, after they inveigled away. Uh, through the clerical collar in into into the family, 
Um, I've, as I say, I have another story here in front of me um, of abuse where Flood was a headmaster that the young boy reported the abuse to. And of course, Flood yeah. was a paedophile, so he yeah. he basically terrorised yeah. the child yeah. into, into yeah. not telling it. Then I'm thinking back to Monday's Doc on One, where Mark and David at the end go through. Now, I know it's, it's the, as Stephen pointed out yesterday, the response he got a year ago from the Spiritans was different. And indeed, the response we're getting in terms of our those series of questions, if we if we put questions like these to to a business company, they'd normally call in a very expensive PR company to avoid giving any answers. But the Spiritans have given answers. But the, Mark and David pointed out that when they originally complained, which is 20 years ago, to the, the Holy Ghost order, they had to sign a non-disclosure order. They were given some yeah. financial, not that financial, whatever, whatever alleviate what they went through. They were given some financial and um, they were told you cannot bring a case against to the High Court. You cannot bring a case against any other member of our community. So but the question I'm asking is, should the Spiritans be in charge of these allegations. I don't think they should. I'm sure they are decent, decent people. And that they've made, in the last few years especially, they've made every effort to try and, um, as they said to the newspapers this morning, what they heard from Stephen on Liveline yesterday tallied with what, with, with what they believed the, about the abuse by these three priests. But is, is, this is of such enormity and such yeah. impact, and such impact on people, uh, alive and dead, such impact on people, alive and dead, and ongoing impact, that surely, surely this is a, a case for outside the, the order, no matter how good they are, it should be a case for the state and its agencies. Um, to find out what was what, what, what was going look look at Baylor. Where did Baylor yeah. come from? How did he end up in Willow Park? How did, yeah, how exactly, was he exactly, on the rampage, exactly, which is in this exactly. book for thirty years? This book, by the yeah. way, is not out today. Yes, I think it's out about fifteen mm. years. Um, five one double five one is our text number. Joe at rte.ie and uh, more information about Baylor after the break. Talk to Joe on oh eight one eight seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And as I say, there are more names and more allegations coming in. Um, Philip Mulville. Philip, back to this this new name we heard today. Uh, He was known when he was a Christian brother, uh, when he thought across England, he was Irish, he was known as Brother Ignatius Baylor. And then when he came to teach in um, Willow Park in uh, Dublin, um, in the 70s, he was known, having been a Christian brother for a long time, he was known as Edward Baylor. You remember him, Philip? Yeah, I, I, do, I do remember him, Joe. Eddie Baylor. Uh, Eddie, okay. The man with, with, with the comb over. I thought he was English accented, you know. Okay. Uh, well, but he was, a, he was a particularly, uh, you know, violent and uh, sadistic man. I, w- I would say he, he's a, he was a psychopath, with, uh, particularly particularly violent towards children. And he was, he was quite a, a small man physically, but mm-hmm. um, I, was, I was talking to your uh, researchers there earlier and I had a number of things that I, that I told them, but I'll, I'll, only, I'll restrict it only to this. And this is the violence that I saw with my own eyes against my fellow pupils in, in his yeah. uh, English, in English class. Now, this would have been in third or fourth form. And we were like 
maybe eight, eight years of age. So small little fellas, you know. But anyway, um, we had this a reader for our English class called RTSP, which was reading to some purpose, book four. Okay. And it was a big, heavy reader with a hardback book, like a heavy book that would weigh down our school bags and whatnot. But uh, God forbid if you forgot your reader, because Baylor's punishment was he would kneel you down facing the wall. And it didn't happen to me, what happened to others. Yeah. He would kneel the, the students facing the wall on, on the hard kind of mosaic kind of national school uh, floor, cold and hard. So you'd, you'd, they'd be facing the wall, let's say, and he would come around with this RTSP book and he would bring it right behind his head and slam it down on young children's heads, you know, when they were least expecting it. Yeah, and these yeah. guys were shaking in fear and you, know, you could, you could, you know, damage a child's neck vertebrae, you know. I mean, this guy was just bonkers mad and I, I don't know how he ever got into uh, you know, teaching or into access to children, but that, that that's as much as I wanted to, yeah, wanted to share, you know. And, and that's that's incredibly uh, graphic and incredibly realistic, the way you s- described the child kneeling down. And to be slammed on the head when you're not expecting it yeah. is yeah. is savage. So to be slammed yeah. on the head is savage. But with your face to the wall and this man, this adult, who, by the way, was being... Uh, was being chased around the UK, it seems, by the Christian Brothers, moved from A to B um, and eventually laicized or uh, maybe defrocked, if that's the right phrase. And he ends up up in Willow Park School in Dublin. Do you think that any other teachers know of this man's behaviour? Look, I've I've been... You're only a child. No, I spoke to your your people and and they they said, listen, you've got to be very careful with names and situations. I recounted a number of things to, to, to your team there and yeah. I said that I would just restrict it to that to that okay. um, and that remember eight year olds have they just made their first Holy Communion just for people to get an image in their head of what an eight year old child uh, yeah. t- totally innocent totally yeah. innocent did you, did you, you know one thing that came into my mind just, just now as kids we used to have these um, ladybird books and there was a ladybird yeah. book called Rumpelstiltskin yeah. and that's yeah. he, he reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin a small angry little man we used to beat up children, you know, and, 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 you know, but very, very sad. Oh, we know, we now know, we now know he used to rape children. Well, yeah, but I, like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I know, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm saying, I, I take your point yeah. that, that he never targeted you, yeah. but to see, to yeah. see that behaviour. And but, then, yeah. uh, Philip, this man was caught eventually in, 19, yeah. in 1986. Yeah. This yeah. man, this man was caught in a hotel in North Dublin with a, right, yeah. with a young child. That's right, yeah. By yeah, the guardie. So obviously there was there was something untoward going on, to say the least. And he got sentenced to two years in prison yeah. uh, for that attack on that child. But we don't know yeah. whether he served the sentence or not. His name was Edward Baylor. We've received a number of other calls about uh, Aloysius yeah. Flood. And uh, we are... Aloysius Flood, uh, yeah. We've, we've no... We've no um, We've no reason to doubt any of these calls, but we need to go yeah. through a number of procedures yeah. and, before. And Father Hannan, Father Hannan, like mm. I'm, I'm, let, let, let other lads tell you, tell you about uh, Father Hannan. Yeah. Jesus wept, you know. Okay, that was Jerry Hannan who was mentioned uh, yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, mentioned in great detail. In fact, one after the other yesterday, as they were being yeah. uh, mentioned, uh, Corey yeah. and Flood and um, Hannan. 
three yeah, well, three individuals, and that was just one man telling his his story. That's right, yeah, that's right. And uh, the, the, one of your contributors there might have been Aidan. You, you were discussing where, where had uh, Baylor uh, died. I think he died in Altamont Hall, which was in Dundrum, which I, like I lived in the in the same general area. Okay. You know, we all did. That was the catchment area for the school. Well, did, and did he ever go to prison? I wonder. That I don't did, know, Joe. We don't know. We don't. Well, we can. We can. I'm sure we can find out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other wishes for Ten and Corey and Jared Hannan, and now uh, Edward uh, Ignatius Baylor. And I'm I'm anxious to. Maybe there are there are people listening in um in the UK. I know there are actually not maybe. Yeah. But the, 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 again, the chances of them remembering, uh, Baylor. Um, yeah. And when he when he was abusing in England, it was probably yeah. uh, quite quite slim. Philip, I want to I want to go back to a- Aiden in uh, Kenya. Um, what what the, the point I was making, Aiden, uh, about the extent of this? Um, who do you think is is it good enough? And I, and I I want you to answer, and I know you will the the, the way you want it. It's, I'm re- I'm phrasing it wrongly, but is it good enough that this these allegations and these admissions? are being d- handled by the order which brought these people into contact with children. Uh, Joe, uh, I mean, I, I would definitely be in favour of an independent in- inquiry into what went on in the school, uh, you know, not just with Baylor, with all the abusers. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if you could give me a few minutes, I, I would really appreciate just the chance to talk about the after effects of, of, of do, yeah. what happened to me. Please do, yeah. Uh, and I think it's important to, to say and get out there because, and it does relate back to uh, the letter that was written out for the lady whose, whose brother uh, committed suicide. Yeah. Um, because, you know, from, I, I've suffered from depression, uh, incredible rage for over 40 years, uh, you know, stuff inside my head that should never come into anybody's head. You know, anxiety, feelings of worthlessness, no self-confidence, no self-worth, self-loathing, believing there was something wrong with me. You know, for a lot of that time I lived within my own head, not being able to function as a a regular human being. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, last year I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, it took me 42 years. Although I'd been to counselling a couple of times before to actually go myself because I I had hit rock bottom, Joe. And I'll say I was definitely going to commit suicide, but I was on the road to it and there was an incident uh, where I was tying a noose and uh, if it wasn't for my little boy coming to the window and seeing me and uh, me seeing him, that snapped me out of it. But uh, that was where I'd reached the end and I knew that if I didn't go and get help for myself, I was going to be dead within a year. So I had to. And I think it's an important point to make that, you know, it's very hard to deal with this on your own. I tried and I failed for 40 plus years and it wasn't until I reached out and, and, and got help and, and it's amazing how many people will help you when you reach out. Uh, so, I, you know, I went to a psychologist who was an expert in PTSD trauma, trauma therapy, brought me through that therapy and is continuing on the road with me now and uh you know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's all doom and gloom because I'm I'm in a lot better position than mm-hmm. I was a year ago. Things have turned around. I, I I'll never. The P, I still have PTSD. It's never going to be fully gone, 
but I have to, and, and I am learning how to, to manage it and deal with it. And it's an important lesson, you know, for, for people who are listening, possibly people who who suffered abuse, if they're still struggling with it, to know that there's help out there. I mean, I, I think very lucky in, in Blackrock College that there was a few guys that got together a few years back uh, and they engaged with the Spiritans. Um, and I'm going to name them because I think it's very important to name the four guys because they've been working at this for two years and they put yeah. in a massive amount of effort and, and they're part of a group that's really kind of helped me. But are, are, they so, in the, are they, just before I do it, are they in the public domain themselves? Please reassure me that they... That they yeah, I think, yeah, they are. It's okay. like it's, very, it's, it's recognition yeah, no, the These are people that have done incredible work, okay. Yeah. So Louis Hoffman, Philip Fettis, uh, Corey McMahon and John Coulter. And they set up, a, they got, a, a, with the Spiritans, and, and, and you know, there has to be some credit back to the, the okay. Spiritans as they are now. As they are now, yeah. Okay. engaging in this process with the, with, with the guys, and they set up a restorative justice uh, process that was facilitated by a guy called Tim Chapman, who also, in my mind, is excellent because he really helped me. Okay. And uh, that's that's how we got to, I and a few, and I don't know how many others, but a number of others got to go down and meet with Spiritans representatives, tell okay. our stories. Uh, they listened. Uh, they were empathetic. You know, did get a, an apology, and, and, and you know, they... they recognize that they believe my story uh, and they do pay for my therapy so you know it's all sounds yeah, negative yeah. negative negative but we i think it's important to acknowledge you know some positive ex- uh, aspects of what's going on so you know this this message of you know there's hope at the end of the day okay. if, if you can if you can go and get help and uh, i mean i was a desperate case uh, my poor my lovely wife and my two kids suffering through this with me and so it's not just the victim; it's it's everybody around them hmm. who can suffer along with it too. So, just a couple of important messages I wanted to get out, uh, Joe, uh, and I think it's very important to do that and, and to thank so many people for getting me back on track and uh, working towards uh, getting better. Um, there's there's more. Some of these now telling us that that uh, Baylor was rector, uh, R-E-C-T-O-R, of Scottish Academy in Edinburgh, and his, his, his photograph is available on their uh, website. He taught in the Christian Brothers with our brother Ignatius Baylor. He taught in the UK. Um, as I said, he's in this book. He taught in Willow Park. He lived in Sutton, um, and he died in, uh, as far as we can find out, uh, 1992. Stay with us, Aidan, Edward and Philip, and back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Joe at rt.ie. Uh, Aidan, uh, uh, Mark, uh, as you know, Mark and David from the documentary on uh, Monday, um, they talk. They they've spoken about their trauma afterwards. But Mark is is uh, talking to one of our our team there and saying he suffered and he's he's hearing it from what you're saying as well, um, from complex uh, post traumatic stress uh, syndrome. How how do you cope with that? How do you deal with it? Um, good question, Joe. I mean, you know, what I mentioned earlier about not having the memory of what, of of the abuse as it happened. I know there's more in my head. I know more happened. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, 
I think it's so traumatic that it may never come out. I don't know. It's just the, the, the next level of what he did to me is at the tip of my mind. Okay. But it's, I don't think I can get there. I mean, complex PTSD, I know, it's been mentioned to me before. Okay. Um, I know I'm never going to recover fully. Uh, but it's really about managing it, and I'm, I'm so blessed to have this great therapist who's extremely patient, understanding, and, and helping me through the steps of getting to, you know, to believe in myself again, to, to you know, recognize who I really am. Uh, and, and, and she said, like, you know, these memories, if they don't come out, it's fine. You have enough memory to, to work on, and uh, we, we just we make we make progress from there. So it's 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 it could be a lifelong uh, affliction. I, I suspect it will be, but it's about managing it and moving on. And, and you know, if you believe in yourself, if, if you take, if you get back what was stolen from you by the abuser, by you know that evil paedophile and what he did, if you can get back what what to where to who you really are, you you can recover, and uh, mm. you know you can you can get on with life. You can feel positive again. There'll always be bad days. But, you know, as long as you're winning in the long term, that's, that's, that's what you're aiming for. And do you think a Garda investigation, a more formal inquiry is warranted at this stage? Again, you have enough burdens. I don't want to, 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 have yeah, to ask you to, to decide that or otherwise. Yeah, it's a fair question, Joe. I mean, you know, I, I think everybody who's involved deserves to get more clear information. And I had requested information from the Spiritans, and uh, you know, even though at one point I knew they had more information than they were sharing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it took me to call their bluff to get that information from them. Uh, it's very hard to, you know, hold an inquiry about yourself. Uh, so, mm-hmm. how is the truth really going to come out? I mean, the scale of what went on is is pretty shocking. How else do you get to the bottom of it unless it's an independent inquiry? Edward, Edward Harren, would you have a view on, on yeah, that? Yeah, well, I would agree uh, with uh, an independent inquiry, Joe, all right, because, uh, and it's very sad to say this, but they were, you know, they were devious back then, and I don't see many positive changes in the church in the meantime. So, yes, very definitely, I think somebody else should be looking into it. Okay, Philip, can I ask you the same? You don't have to answer, by the way. Philip, the same question. Do you think there should be guardy outside? I think that's yeah. fair enough, Joe, and I, I think it's warranted. And the terrible thing is that this, uh, like, it's all piecemeal, the information. It's like a jigsaw that hasn't been put together. And that really needs to happen to put this to bed. Because there are, there are lots of lads out there who are suffering, you know. And, and I feel very, very sad and very upset for Aidan and... Mark and David and, and all the lads who were mm. uh, affected. But the thing is, it's not just about Baylor or the people that have been named. Other names are going to come out, yeah. you know, and there's going to be an avalanche of information. So, yes, independent inquiry, I think, is is a good idea or an inquiry that uh, gets to the bottom of it and, you know, fills, fills out the blanks and captures all of the information because there's, there are multiple aspects to this, you know. And I mentioned earlier of the, the many things that struck me about listening to the documentary on Monday. One of them at the end was this, where where um, where where the um, where the two boys um, talk about when they first 
I remember we're talking about a different priest, by the way. The, the, the priests I've been mentioned liveline since are different to the priest that was this, the, the, this, the single priest that was mentioned in the documentary. But this is Mark and David uh, talking about, uh, O'Bourne was his name, by the way. Um, this is Mark and David Ryan talking about the, the conditions um, that the Holy Ghost order, I presume, and their lawyers, uh, all very reputable, um, placed on the two uh, men. And they were men at that stage when they brought their case to the, uh, the Holy Ghost fathers. I remember we were in the mediation and we were offered something. And I looked at Mark and going, no way. And I think I, fought, I ran across the road and I phoned mum and dad and I told them and they said, no way. So we went back in again and negotiated. We fought it and then we got the second offer. Um, we took us money as money, but it wasn't enough. Mark and David were each paid a six-figure settlement without any admission of legal liability or form of an apology. The settlements were co-signed by the provincial or head of the Spirit and Order in Ireland and the president of Blackrock College. And in the document that David and Mark signed, it prevented them from making any future claims. Unbelievable stuff. That was Liam O'Brien, by the way, put that documentary together. That's such, such an impact. Um, un- unbelievable. Okay, back after after this break, because I'm reading more information uh, through each break about this guy, Baylor. He's on, if you go onto the website for this used to be, we're told, whatever these things mean, this day and age, a very reputable uh, school in uh, Scotland. And uh, the uh, Scottish Academy, the Scotus Academy in Edinburgh, there he is. He's four names up the top of their website, and one of them is Brother Ignatius Baylor. From 1962 to 1966, he was rector. And then he lands in uh, Willow Park after, well, we'll find out more. He lands in Willow Park uh, well over nearly two decades later, and engages in horrific abuse, as sexual abuse as outlined by Aidan, and physical abuse as described uh, by Philip Mulville. Joe at rte.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at rte.ie. Aidan, you're speaking up now for that young child, and Edward is doing the same, which is you, of course, and uh, Philip is speaking up uh, in, in what he witnessed of. Uh, eight-year-olds his own age at the time. Um, Aidan, how important is it to speak up at this stage and speak out publicly? Uh, for, for me, Joe, it's absolutely vital. Um, as I say, a year ago, I was, uh, you know, at rock bottom, part of uh, recovering from what the ability to speak up after being silent for so long. It's great to hear that others are doing so as well. I mean, uh, I, I know, Edward, we we talk on a regular basis. It's funny, I, I was in class with Philip's younger brother, David. Mm. So uh, we're, we are a small community. Um, but obviously there's the other schools as well, and, and I wouldn't doubt that more is going to come out. Uh, but, yes, yeah, speaking up is, is absolutely key. Um, and, and, again, I'll say for those that may have been through this and have never dealt with it, Okay. I just hate to think that somebody would end up in the position I was in, in, in case it, it goes a step too far before they actually get help. So, yeah, talk about it. Yeah. Edward, you've you, you, you've an, an extensive list of qualifications 
Um, great, incredible. Uh, from social work to electrical engineering, etc., etc. Um, what, what would you What would you be saying to people now, who like yourself have decided? Well, was a lot of people are obviously thinking about speaking out. Um, what would you say to them? Well, you know, I I spoke out at the time, Joe. It didn't do me any good back then, but mm. but I I do think that the you know we've come on an awful lot since. And I certainly wouldn't wish my head on any child, you know. So, therefore, I think it's very, very important for them to speak out, to go and seek, seek, seek tell their parents, you know, straight away. Uh, because these things can happen, and the law oh. of averages are probably going to happen, you know. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's very important because... It, 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 you can see talk, talking to myself and talking to to, to Aidan there that um, it's not a life you want to have. You know, it isn't the ideal life living in our heads. Um, the, the, what they caused and what they did was was terrible. You know, it, it as Aidan had said earlier on, it causes all kinds of problems within your own family. You know, uh, it affects not just the person that's abused, but everybody else. Mm. But there is hope, as I said, as well. There, there's one in four, which I know that the... Yeah, we had Maeve on, yeah, Maeve Lewis on yesterday. Yeah, and also Maeve did mention the rape crisis centre, which is what, I, you know, I had before. Brilliant, uh, yeah, if this never yeah. happens, that's where I go. And I would say that for anybody... You know, even if they've uh, they haven't been raped, if they've just witnessed it and and they feel that they're they're messed up over it, that they should go and talk to one of these people because they are great and they are there to help. Yeah. So, and and Philip, it was alluded to yesterday uh, with great empathy um, by Stephen. He was making the point that he also, when he was being abused in the class, he was being sexually abused in the class. Um, by Corrie, I think it was at the time. That's right, yeah. In full view of the other 28 children, young children. Yeah. And he, he said, imagine the trauma some of them might be going through. That, with, that's right, and we still, we still carry it, Joe, you know. That's the terrible thing. What, what, one of the things I'd say to Aidan is that, yes, Aidan, uh, you were in my brother's class, and just remember, it, it's not your fault, and it never was. Yeah. Very much appreciated, Philip. Good man, Aidan. Okay, well, stick stick together, everybody. I know the, you are in you are in touch, and as I say, a number of other people have gotten some of them. By the way, uh, I won't I won't give any more detail because um, it, it will identify people. But um, a, a number of other people have got in touch with a number of other uh, names, and also a number of other people referring to the names we've already mentioned over the past two days and what happened. Uh, them, you heard from the young woman today, who's herself and her sister under 10 years of age, uh, were uh, abused uh, by flood in a family situation outside of the school that was Aloysius uh, uh, Flood. Um, OK, more tomorrow, I can see from the screen. Ed Edward Moore, stay safe and stay well, you you and your family, Aidan. Edward Harron also, and Philip uh, Mulvin. Thank, thank you all, and the two uh, women who contacted us who asked us to read out their communication thanks to them as well today's producer was Sean O'Gorman research Richie Byrne sound Tommy O'Sullivan BCO was Daniel Keating and Ray Darcy is next 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie